the perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. Hello and welcome to the Cover 3 podcast, the only college football podcast in the world to have not one, but two of its hosts featured in the Big Game Boomers Top 100 College Personalities list. I'm Tom Fernelli. I am not one of the two hosts who made the cut of the Top 100, but that's fine because it's just going to make me work harder and spend more time in the gym clanging and working on my personality uh joining me is bud elliott somebody who was on the list of the top 100 most interesting personalities in college football media um our other top 100 personality danny cannell he's in las vegas for the nfl draft chip did not make the list he is still serving a prison sentence for a crime he did not commit so if you're on social media please tweet hashtag free chip to the fbi to the white house anybody you think can help get chip out of prison he really needs your support as does this podcast so if you aren't already subscribed to the show please do so on your preferred podcast platform as well as our youtube channel at youtube.com cover three and if you're joining us live on youtube right now please hit the like button and like the video because it does help the algorithm deem us as worthy people for others to see. Um, speaking of being worthy, bud, where does being ranked on big game boomers top list of hundred college football personalities rank among your life achievements? Uh, so I'm very, very thankful that Adam Stenko um, tagged me in that as, you know, that's, that's my boss. I actually had big game boomer muted because I felt so like I always, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So I would not have seen this. I, I always figured it was like a troll account, um, but he's really good at tweeting things that people don't realize are trolls. I mean, I guess mm -hmm. it is a, a troll account, like just tweeting crazy stuff, like not putting Tom Pernelli in his top 100 list. is clearly just attention-seeking behavior. He got like, it because I was Pernelli pissed. Is, yeah. I, <laughs> I there, was there were genuinely some upset. I, 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 I think Chris Hummer should, you know, should, should be on there, mm -hmm. um, obviously. Like you and Chip need to be on there. Um, Danny's I 12. Felder should have been higher too. Like I, yeah. I, I feel like there was a whole lot of play-by-play -play folks too. I was like, mm -hmm. I don't yeah. know, man. Like I see y'all like twice a year. Hopefully you guys see us three times a week in the off season and five times a week during the season here on the cover three podcast, like, and subscribe. Uh, but yeah, I didn't actually know it existed until Stanko was like, congratulations. I was like, yes, that's right. That yes, that, that is absolutely a real honor. And mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I started getting like tweets about mentions like, with tagged like oh this is how could you leave off top i'm like what the hell are people talking about i'm looking and i can't see the tweet and then i realized i had muted big game boomer not because anything against him just because of everybody always retweeting his lists and just like flooding my timeline and me not wanting anything to do with it but uh yeah like i use twitter for information yeah right i don't like back in the day we used twitter for like fun and entertainment and information um and maybe once my kids are old enough to like feed themselves and change themselves, I'll, I'll get back to enjoying Twitter. But for really for me, Twitter is just promotion and like looking for info. So if I feel like you're not somebody who's providing me info, but you're always I'm getting tagged and stuff, mm -hmm. I usually just 
mute it, which makes me sound like a jerk. And that's, I guess it's okay. Yeah. I have like three lists on my tweet deck. There's like, you know, the friends list, the people I'm actually friendly with and conversate with and, and know outside of the internet. Then there's like just my, my local favorite sports teams list of just information about that. And then there's my college football information list. And too often with big game boomers lists, my college football list becomes flooded with things that I don't care about. So it's just like, all right, I have to mute this account. But uh, speaking of people being muted, we talked on yesterday's show about Mark Emmert stepping down as president of the NCAA. Really nothing has changed since then, but Dennis Dodd did release a story on CBSSports.com listing the candidates for the gig. And I mean, I'll go over and we're not going to go too in depth here before we get to mailback questions. But one of them is Dan Gavitt, the NCAA senior VP for basketball. He's the one that runs the, the NCAA tournament for the most part. Val Ackerman, the Big East commissioner. Linda Livingstone, the Baylor president. Condoleezza Rice. Former U.S. Secretary of State, National Security Advisor, and I think she was Stanford's offensive coordinator for a few years there. Uh, Robert Gates, the former U.S. Secretary of Defense and CIA Director, which I guess I could kind of see a correlation between the jobs at this point. Um, Chris Howard, the Executive Vice President and CEO of Arizona State Enterprise. Kirk Schultz, Washington State President, and there's other names. But more than anything, because I'm not really into the idea of trying to predict who will be the next NCAA president. I think the first question for today's mailback question is how much would they have to pay you to take the job? So uh, what's the effective tax rate in Indiana? Because I'd have to move to Indiana, right? I think, yeah, I, I think it's slower than it's not like I don't think Indiana's income taxes are crazy, but I think they're pretty, you know, it's not Florida and Texas level. See, that's where I am right now. I'm in Florida. I'm in nice weather. I'm looking outside. It's 82 degrees today. Um, I, do I get a guaranteed contract? Uh, I would assume so. Like, I'm trying to think. What would be the number that I could just go to Maggie and she'd be like, you're doing what? <laughs> um, like, people already don't like you now, and then you're going to be the president of the NCAA. So I guess that's not much of a change. But, like, you do get a lot of guaranteed money. Hey, you were out. 78th on the list. That's Plenty true. of people like you. That's that's true. I guess that, that may be notable, not 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 loved, I guess. Um, if they gave me, like a million bucks a year for like a guaranteed three-year deal, I would go to Indianapolis, I think, and just do it, even though it would kind of uproot my family and my career. Like, that'd be nice. Uh, it'd be enough to definitely you know, buy a couple of investment properties. And I, I yeah, I think a million a year, I, I would go do it. And somebody would rehire me because I've had experience inside the NCAA. Val Ackerman, I think, should be the hire just based on smart people I've listened to. Mm -hmm. But, yeah. I think I would need a few million person. I just, it's, it's Pretty. not even, I, I don't bother. I don't care about being hated. It's just like, that's a mess. <laughs> I gotta try. That's a lot of work. I feel like that's a lot of headaches right now, taking over the NCAA or whatever the hell the NCAA is going to be and navigating it through this, like trying to rein in NIL and find some regulations and transfers and everything that everybody wants because Emmert now towards the end of his, you know, he didn't really have a choice because again, like we talked about Supreme Court went 9-0 on his ass, but like everything just kind of happened. Like they flipped a switch and everything started. And now that everything is like, you know, the re prerequisite genie out of the bottle. Now they've got to figure out what parts of the genie to put back in and what to just let fly around and do what it wants. And that's, it is not going to be an easy job. I, uh, my sympathies to whoever does end up getting it. I wouldn't want it. Although I will say Indianapolis is nice. The rest of Indiana, 
Indianapolis is nice. <laughs> um, all right. So uh, let's let's get to the mailbag here now that I've pissed off people from Indiana. Uh, our first question, and it's just you and me today. So, so a lot of these questions, I'm sorry to you who asked them. They are addressed to the four of us. But again, Chip's in prison and Danny is in Vegas. So we're just going to do the best that we can. This first one comes from RJG850. It's on the spring game switch. Hey, guys, love the show. And even as a Gator fan, I don't mind Danny. That's that's how everybody feels. Uh, I, I got a couple questions from the Florida spring game. One. What did y'all think of them moving the game to a Thursday night? I think the attendance would have been better had they not announced the switch a month before, but tons of recruits on campus. Do you think other schools will switch the day in the future? And two, and this one's for Danny, who's not here. Does Danny or the rest of you ready to join the Florida fan base in saying that this is AR-15's team? I, th I think for the first part of this question is pretty interesting because Illinois also moved its spring game to Thursday. And I think we've seen schools at this point kind of like they're like with conference networks they're, they're kind of becoming kind of like the games themselves where they're just really kind of television events and i think as far as getting the spotlight on your program so i i do think yeah do you, do you think we're going to see more of this like programs instead of playing the traditional kind of saturday game we're going to see thursday primetime spring game i i think some of it, but it, it's also was something in my opinion that was done for recruiting because you had several of florida's rivals have their spring games uh, mm -hmm. on the same weekend. And while Florida does have a decent bit of excitement around the program right now with new coach Billy Napier and the the army of staff that he's built up, uh, you know, if you're going against like Bama and Georgia uh, and you want to get some prospects from out of state to come down, uh, pairing that with, you know, some spring break times from high schools allows those kids to come down and see you during the week and still go see Georgia and Alabama, whereas opposed to if you ran it totally up against it, you might not. Uh, I, the one downside to this is that a lot of people really love going to college football games because they like seeing their friends who they had they made in college and now they moved away and they come back to tailgate seven times a year for for seven home games. And this is the opportunity oftentimes to do you know a, an eighth tailgate, right? Like I know a lot of people that go to spring games, they don't really go in. Like they'll go in mm -hmm. for like a quarter maybe, but they're out there. They're the weather's typically really nice. Even you know it gets hot in Florida, but still like not that hot uh, in in mid April. So I don't know if it's going to be something that's going to be constant. I think for them, it was a chance to be um, you know, a little more visible and to not have to compete while they're trying to get their bearings against uh, some of the, the bigger schools out there that currently are recruiting like gangbusters. Uh, as far as AR-15, uh, yeah, I think there's no doubt this is AR-15's team. Um, you'll have to see just how good the Florida receivers are. Uh, obviously, Justin Shorter looks like Terrell Owens. Unfortunately, he catches the ball. Uh, worse than Terrell Owens does. I mean, I think he was like under a 60% catch rate last year. So he, like, he, he's always looked like the best receiver physically in that recruiting class that he was in. The only real question was just, can he catch the ball consistently? I think if you wanted to go Jack Miller, I don't think they do. Uh, it would have to be like, you have a ton of weapons to spread the ball out to. I think that offense is more dangerous if you have to respect AR 15's legs as he progresses as a passer. It's kind of a weird situation, though, for Jack Miller, like if you think about it, because he starts off at Ohio State and he's behind, you know, C.J. Stroud, who's going to be better than any quarterback in this current draft class next year. He's going to be one of the first players, if not the first QB taken. You got Kyle McCord there. So you transfer out of Ohio State, you go to Florida, and now it's very good possibility that you're going to be buried behind 
AR-15 too. So it's like, what does his career path currently look like? Is he going to end up transferring again? Because what Robinson's got, or Richardson's got at least two more seasons before he can move on, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So that's going to be an interesting thing. Uh, I yeah, the Thursday night thing as far as the spring game, I I do. You make some good points there about the recruiting. I think that is an excellent way to kind of get out ahead of it as far as other programs having their spring games and also like you know it's it's it does for television purposes kind of expose you like if it's on the SEC network or the big 10 network or whatever it does help you get some exposure to maybe recruits who couldn't come to your game to at least be able to watch and see what's going on and get a feel for the vibe but like you, <laughs> you said it's more of a tailgating opportunity for fans because I, I talked about this with Danny on Monday's show I had to work over the weekend. I was covering like the quote unquote news desk for CBSSports.com's college football team. And that included like writing up all the spring games. So I had to watch a lot more spring game football than I've ever really had a desire to watch. And I need to know what person that is not related to one of the players on the field or being paid to coach them is watching the second halves of those games. Cause Oh my God, they're boring. Yeah. <laughs> But you know, it's like because Illinois did it, they put it on their Thursday night, and they did they kind of specialized for TV. Like they had Barstool Carl like suit up as a quarterback and run a couple of plays. Which oh wow, yeah. So it was actually pretty cool because Barstool Carl is the number one Illinois super fan. And if Big Game Boomer put out a list of top one hundred Illinois super fans, maybe I would crack that list. I don't know, but Barstool Carl would definitely be number one. Um, next question comes from Jay Tizzle O Nine Boy. My favorite college football show. Find him on on, on this messenger. <laughs> he's, he's got like some Lincoln Park lyrics. This is a way message. Mm. Um, <laughs> the chemistry is awesome. The content is fun and informative. And the segments are always thought provoking. My question. The NFL has red zone to watch live games going on for out of market teams so they can be watched on TV anywhere. If college football had a red zone style television station, how do you think they would do it? Would they show the best of the top 25 games throughout the day or maybe a four game simulcam at all times? If they did, I would pay top dollar. I just wanted to know your guys thoughts. Thanks. So, um, first of all, red zone is great, I think. And I also really like Tom. Do you watch the the MLB equivalent? It's called big inning. Have you seen this? Yeah, I've I've seen it. I don't watch it like I do Red Zone. I typically just kind of watch one or two games, depending on the which ones I have money on. <laughs> yeah, I'll put this on at night and, and just watch it when I'm finishing up some work. And like we have our twenty four seven production email, and you know every night I, I look about eight or nine o'clock, I watch it. It's great. It just goes to like the highest leverage situation mm-hmm. automatically. I'm like, this is this is pretty solid. Um, so you're not watching a lot of like ten to two blowout where the fifth reliever comes in. The, the problem that you have with uh, trying to do this at the college level, and ESPN has done this occasionally yes. uh, with, I think they call it college scoreboard or something like that, or, or call it whip around, or, yeah. uh, and they do it, and it's really fun. The issue is rights, okay? So ESPN cannot just break into the CBS game or like the Pac-12 network game, even if that's the game that you really need to go to. NFL and MLB can pull it off because they own all of the rights, at least at some level, to those games and it's in the contracts. So um, you would need basically all the rights holders to be okay with this. And I doubt they would be because instead of being like red zones on the NFL network, right? Mm-hmm. Big innings on MLB. I don't know if NBA has one or not, but I assume it's on like NBA TV. Uh, where would you put this ESPN? I kind of doubt all the other networks would be cool with ESPN and be like, Hey, 
watch our games, and then we'll also show you the most uh, exciting moments from these other games. Uh, but yeah, I I wish they'd bring it back, even if it's just for the ESPN games. I, re- I really enjoyed it when it was on. Um, there's also an audio one, which is, do you ever ever listen to this? No. It's called like the Varsity Varsity Network or something like this. I, I do have it on my phone. Uh, and it goes to like the highest leverage spots during the day. So if you're working out in the garage, you can't watch. You can at least listen. Hmm. No, I, I remember ESPN, like you said, whether it was called Scoreboard or whatever the heck they called it, they did have it, and it was. It was just for ESPN games, and they would typically focus on like their big game, like if it was the ABC game or whatever it was at the time, but they would go around to other games as things were happening. And I think, honestly, if I'm ESPN and the way I'm doing things right now, I have like my 1,000 networks on cable television. You know, you've got games on ESPNU, ESPN News, all that kind of stuff. You've got the SEC network, the ACC network, ESPN 1, 2, 4, 5, 7. But you've also got all the ESPN Plus, which is where you're showing games. So I would think that if if there is an interest in it, I wouldn't be surprised if ESPN would at least try it on ESPN Plus as part of the subscription you know that they have they sell so for fans that are interested you could get that kind of red zone feel for games that are on the espn family but like you said i don't know how appealing it will be of a product compared to the nfl red zone or the nba's or mlb's because they can't show every game so like if you're if you're watching the espn you know whatever espn college football red zone whatever they call it and alabama and lsu are playing on cbs you're not going to know anything that's going of what's Alabama and LSU on the CBS game because ESPN can't show you. So it kind of takes away some of the sex appeal for it. But it's just as a general idea. Yeah, I think it's great because during the NFL season, if the Bears are on, I'm watching the Bears until I realize the Bears aren't going to win. And then I'm going to Red Zone. Like I'll always have Red Zone on the secondary television, but then, you know, it gets swapped. And I think Red Zone has been really good, especially for fantasy football players, but NFL fans in general, because what's the one complaint about all sports these days the the games take too long there are too many commercial breaks so like you get like a red zone kind of approach to it and that removes a lot of the things that most fans get kind of annoyed with and don't want to deal with and i think it just it keeps things moving and i think it's good for generating interest in the sport overall because of it so i won't be shocked if espn tries it especially once they have full control over the sec and we've kind of got a question about that coming up later in the show too but so, yeah, with, with all the subscription streaming apps, I think you have a little more freedom to try things than you did. Because, like, when they used to do it, it would be on ESPNU or something. But if they had a game to show, because they had to contractually show the game, they would take it off the air. So it would it would be on at weird times. Like, it was never the same time. It would be like, you know, from 5 to 7 p.m. on ESPNU, here's the whip around. And then we got to go to this UAB versus South Alabama game, and they'd get rid of it. So... Yeah. I don't know. I, I think it could make sense for the future. I wouldn't mind seeing it, and I would try it if they had it. Um, All right, so we're going to go to break now, but after the break, got a question for you, bud. It's about Florida State. It's about Ooh. Deion Sanders, and it's about seeing into the crystal ball. So that's coming up after the break. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. New, new, new. You know, I used to, the Godfather Waltz used to be my ringtone back on my phone back in the days when, like, having ringtones on your phone was a cool thing. You paid 99 cents for them. Um, all right. This question is from Noel Your Roll, which I think is a great name. Uh, hey, guys. I started listening to the show last year when I got a new job with a longer commute, and the pod makes those drives a lot more enjoyable for me, so thank you. My question is for all of you, but I'd like to hear Danny and Bud's thoughts especially. Well, sorry, you're not getting Danny's. I want Mike Norvell and this staff to succeed, but if things don't improve quickly and Florida State is stuck going 7-5 and five or 6-6 six and six this year and Deion Sanders continues to improve Jackson State, do you think there's a legitimate chance he'll be the next head coach at Florida State? On one hand, I think it would kind of be the kind of spark that the program needs. But on the other, I think it's also a huge risk. What are your thoughts? So, uh, first of all, if Mike Norvell goes seven, five and six or six, he is one million percent safe. Um, <laughs> yeah, I agree. Like I, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm working on a different story. Uh, for something for you know, on the, the 24 7 sides i was in the luxury box with some of the biggest boosters at fsu spring game and i went in the press box too but you know more luxury box side for the working on a separate story these guys seem to get it they understand the, the kind of mess that willie taggart left um they understand the ramifications of too early roster turnover which you get a lot in this era with the portal and this spring will be the first spring that norvell's staff has been able to go on the road because they got there, COVID hit. No, no spring eval period on the road in 2020. The, the all the rules are still in place for 2021. So literally, they're getting to meet the high school coaches in the state for the first time. Now you can argue they're just playing out the string, and I don't, I don't think that's a totally dead argument. But I really would be totally shocked if anything happened to Mike Norvell with any kind of like bowl game plus or even like slightly missing a bowl game record now if they were to go like two and ten or something that's probably some like you know that or some kind of off field thing which i'm not anticipating uh i would be i'd be pretty shocked um so i don't think it's going to happen anytime soon uh, the other thing is i think dion has done some good things at jackson state but he also had prime prep on his resume and that was a complete disaster and Dion is also very much about Dion uh, so a lot of the guys they get are dudes who were FBS quality players but for whatever reason didn't always get into the FBS school or bounced for whatever reason obviously the one reporter got got banned for asking about one of those behavioral reasons that Jackson State actually took is what he's doing at Jackson State is that replicable at the power five level is he going to be able to get all the players who got kicked off the cowboys to come to florida state <laughs> that'd no. be pretty i mean yeah. at this point they're kind of old so i don't know team. how good it would be but i still think yeah i think that team gets to a bowl game no doubt about it so <laughs> i you know i have some questions there um obviously the travis hunter thing was a tremendous coup and a real unique situation but is that replicable again can you do that again um i 
look, it's very easy for a lot of the national guys out there. Like, look, look what Dion's doing. He should go to Florida State. I don't think it's going to happen. I really mm-hmm. don't. Um, at least not right now. Now, 2027, 2028 or something like that. If he's still doing it and things are still cranking, maybe. Yeah, if, if he still wants to be in coaching, you know, yeah, exactly. I, but I don't, how long is he going to be at Jackson State? That's what this, I, that. This is probably the year he needs to make a jump, right? I would think so. I mean, that's, I just kind of like, I, and I don't know Dion personally, but just based on what I know of Dion's personality, I feel like, yeah, like at this point, he's going to be itching to move up if he can, because yeah. he's going to feel like I've, uh, what else do I have to prove? I don't know if he's going to want to sit there and continue building and just doing the day to day in year three, year four of that kind of stuff. But like, if it's not Florida state, like, do you think Dion could realistically get a power five job or would he have to make the step to like a group of five school? I'm trying to think about the list of Under Armour schools. Um, do you have a handy list of that? Like which schools were Dion to Maryland? Sure. <laughs> like, like, yeah, like I, I think if Dion gets a P5 job, it'll be an Under Armour school just because of, of how tight he is with the Under Armour folks. <laughs> um, so it's like college basketball recruiting. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, he's, I, he's wearing found he's wearing Adidas. He's not going to a Nike school. <laughs> All right. So power five schools that are that are Auburn or that are uh are under armor schools. Auburn, Maryland, Notre Dame. I don't think that's gonna no. happen. Uh Utah, unlikely. Wisconsin, probably not. Texas Tech just just made a hire. So but like I could see Auburn doing it. Yeah. Like if he's recruiting really well at Jackson State and just, you know, like we've looked at Auburn, just the mess that things have been there a lot the last few years. I could see somebody just with a whole lot of money and an idea. <laughs> I texted with a buddy and he was like, absolutely, he knows ball pretty well and is in the industry. He's like, absolutely not. He's a big Auburn guy. He's like, no, no chance in hell. Like we're, we're he's like, I'm, I'm quitting the sport if we do that. Uh, <laughs> Think of the narratives we can. Oh, oh my gosh. The stories would be incredible. It would be wild. Um, like, what about Dion? If, uh, what if, what if Chadwell gets a gig? Dion at Coastal? They're, they're a UA school. They've got a billionaire as a booster. Um, like he could continue to NIL some folks for them. Uh, Dion the Navy? That would be extremely interesting. Barstool would want to shoot another doc. Uh, <laughs> Northwestern. Hey, Dion Northwestern. That, uh, that, I think that's a great stop? fit. Yeah, yeah I yeah, think sure. I think you know that's that's a logical replacement for Pat Fitzgerald. Very similar personalities there. <laughs> oh man, that's awesome. Uh, Georgia State, though, if Georgia State opened, like that's a that's a place you can get some players. You can put your own mark on it. Yeah, that I think. I mean, Georgia State. It's it's funny. I, I look at that program as kind of like you know, they, people have always talked about like Maryland being like a, a power five sleeper powerhouse. I feel like Georgia State is like a group of five sleeper. Like it could be yeah. a powerhouse. It's it's got most everything that you need to be somebody in like the Sun Belt who could become a very powerful program and be like the app states of that you know and take over. I feel the same way about Georgia Southern in a lot of ways too. It is commutery, uh, Georgia State, a little, mm-hmm. a little more than I think some people might realize, but it's growing. And their their basketball gym used to be called the Sports Arena. Oh, which I mean, they used that, to play baseball in Turner Field, the the the, old, the Braves old baseball stadium. Right? Yeah, they played football there. Yeah, there should be yeah. yes, football. Yeah, no, this. But I, I always thought it was funny. The Sports Arena. <laughs> okay, great. It's like somebody really put a whole lot of thought into that name. Um. All right, next question comes from MSW5045. 
an essential college football podcast. Chip Patterson is an exceptional host. Tom Ferelli has great insights. Bud must not sleep to know everything that he knows. And I've even come around on Cannell, who provides the player perspective and some old school takes. My question, why does Alabama and some of the other top schools seem to start slow in recruiting? If you look at the top right now, there are a lot of big schools who only have a few commits. Is it more that they're being very picky or that those types of recruits want to enjoy the process longer? So, um, it's more of the former. Alabama can basically just wait and then be mm -hmm. like, "Daddy's home," right? <laughs> Essentially, they <laughs> they can take they can take their time, make sure they're vetting who they take. They can kind of do the Clemson thing, where it's like, "We're not going to take you until you come on campus. We want to see you. We want to meet your family," because we're Alabama. Because we literally have more first round draft picks than we have losses in Nick Saban's tenure. They just kind of there's a phrase or you kind of show your worth that I can't say on this podcast, but I think Tom knows what I'm talking about here. And uh, when, when people are sitting down at the table, all of a sudden mm -hmm. you just kind of establish your dominance at the table. And uh, and Bama just can do that. So they can basically say, hey, we're ready for you. And a lot of kids would be like, well, you didn't want me earlier, but not with Bama. Mm -hmm. They just can pick and choose when they want to go on a kid for the most part. I mean, I think NIL has changed just a little bit with some of these kids signing away all their rights very early in the process. That That's probably... I'm sure Nick doesn't love that uh, overall until Bama starts doing it. Uh, but is this really what we want football to be? All right. Yeah. <laughs> Eighth grader announces he signed, he signed his firstborn. Uh, yeah. yeah. It's it's because you see like some programs are out there like offering 300 kids. Well, maybe not 300, but like there's just offers, offers, offers coming out. And they're coming out early. And it's because of some programs you have to kind of get in the door and the players like this mid-tier power five school like a player's not going to get an offer from that and if he's a highly ranked recruit or somebody's got interest he's not going to be like "Ooh, i'm jumping to join you know state you but like if alabama offers somebody there's a very good chance that player is going to commit so alabama has to be sure it wants that player before it can officially make the offer so that's part of it as well but yeah i, I you're you're a million percent right it's definitely just because we don't have to offer we can kind of just get who we want and take our time doing it uh, this next question comes from RJ23. The best college football podcast around, except no substitutes, and Rip Barton. With the SEC leaving CBS in a few years, the conference will be owned by ESPN for the most part. It owns the SEC network and will broadcast all the league's games. At the same time, the Big Ten is already negotiating a new TV deal. Do you foresee the possibility of Fox going all out for the Big Ten in the same way ESPN has for the SEC? Fox owns half the Big Ten network already, and there's clearly a strong relationship. Would this not only lead to the two conferences pulling further away from the rest, but possibly lead to the greatest American culture war since Coke, the Coke-Pepsi wars of the 1990s? Uh, yes, 100%. I, I, are, you, are you a Coke guy or Pepsi guy? I was a Pepsi guy when I was younger. Now I'm 100% a Coke guy because Pepsi's just too sweet. Tom is an honorary Southerner. Uh, yeah. You ever read the thing about the, like the Coke uh, Pepsi taste test thing? Yes. We, we had it in Mark. I, I guess if we should not inside joke this. We just quickly explain it. Anyway, I think if I recall from, from school, it was Pepsi, Pepsi, like the one sip test, they would win. But then on, on the successive sips, Coke would win out uh, mm -hmm. overall, mm -hmm. I think. It was, yeah. I um, think like for me, for my palate, 
we're, we're never going to answer this guy's question. We're just going to talk Coke and Pepsi. Like, I, I, I see how that works because, like, Pepsi, like I said, it's super sweet. So, like, the very first initial kind of rush, it's like, ooh, all right. But yeah. Pepsi, Pepsi, you can't really drink with food without yeah. it really kind of impacting the food that you're eating, whereas Coke is more of a complement to what you're eating most of the time unless you're eating something sugary. And if you're already eating something sugary, you should probably have water instead of Coke with it, but that's just me. <laughs> The best though is, and this is this is extremely off-season podcasting right here, is the styrofoam cup from the gas station. Like I don't know why. Like, are you a styrofoam cup guy? Because I'm definitely no. like styrofoam over plastic cups, no doubt. No, no, oh, I've, no. Tom, I've never really? noticed really a difference. What I am is oh, I man. I hate straws. Like I want to feel like the ice clinging my clanking against my teeth. So whether it's plastic or styrofoam, I don't care as much. But I just don't want straw. I I feel like. Uh, I get a styrofoam cup from the gas station and like want to use it. Like I don't drink a lot of soda, but like I want to use it all day. And Maggie like throws it away. I'm like, where did my styrofoam cup go? She's like, <laughs> do you write your name on Tuesday? It like, <laughs> yeah. She's like, no. But stop, stop using that. Yeah. I will say, um, see, I'm actually, you know, this is very little. You know, I don't know how expansive this is nationwide, but I think RC Cola is the best of all three colas. I think it kind of is a perfect blend of Coke and Pepsi. So that's me. Like, oh, I man. think the, I think the perfect pizza Coke is RC. I would take that over Coke or Pepsi. And if you live in the Chicago area or an area where the RC exists, if you're ordering from a pizza joint that you're not sure about, but they offer RC, I guarantee you that pizza is going to be better than most of the other places. Cause they've been there for at least 30 years. Mm -hmm. uh, our, man, our, our, our RC Cola and a moon pie. When I, when I was visiting my great grandparents up in Alabama, <laughs> when I was like eight or 10. Oh yeah. Oh, look. Oh, okay. Look at the comment section, literally. Right as I say, yes. Oh, man. Oh, God. So, anyways, Fox versus ESPN, the SEC versus the Big Ten. I, yeah, I think, I mean, I don't, I haven't followed it too closely. I, but I don't think, I think Fox would love to get all the Big Ten rights if it could. I just don't know if the Fox is going to because I think there's far too much interest. And I think the Big Ten's approach is they would rather sell to a number of different broadcasters because like cbs is interested nbc is interested the streaming services are interested so i don't think that's going to happen but i do think that it results no matter what the tv deal looks like if the big 10 does kind of leave espn which i think is a realistic possibility then whether it's on only fox or on a number of different networks i do think we're kind of going to see that war between the two of them the other thing is where, where do we watch playoff baseball uh, on fox fox yeah so fox may not feel that it needs all of that inventory you know what i'm saying mm -hmm. like at least not in 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 the immediate future so that could be one reason why it doesn't totally go uh go all in but it could go all in like i anything i guess is certainly possible it, it is i think we will eventually get to a more condensed uh, upper tier of fbs yeah i mean because right now what fox has the big 10 it's got the Big 12. It's got some Pac-12. I wouldn't be shocked if ultimately Fox just kind of wanted to streamline down to the Big 10 because it's just it's the more attractive television property. And then with what's happening in the Big 12 right now with Texas and Oklahoma leaving, I like, you know, Fox's big thing is big noon Saturday. And if it doesn't have Texas, Oklahoma games to put it big noon Saturday, I don't know how interested Fox is going to be in the Big 12 long term. But personally just from an absolutely 100 selfish aspect since cbs is losing the sec 
I would be thrilled if CBS replaced the SEC with the Big Ten, and that became the 3.30 Eastern game on CBS every single week because you know, it would help expand my it would help expand my worth in the company and maybe help me get on Big Game Boomer's top 100 list of college football media personalities. Not if you keep referring plastic cups over styrofoam, I got to tell you. <laughs> All right, fine. I'll tell Lynn next time we go to the store, we got to get some styrofoam cups. I'll give him a trial run. Not, get- not, not, not from the house. Just if you go to the like, like the gas station or the you know, uh, bodega, I, or, I got a train. Is it bodega in, in, no, in Chicago, just drug or just stores. New York, okay. just drug stores. Yeah, New York. Drug stores. Oh, right. Jesus Christ, bodega. It's a freaking convenience store. It's a gas station. That's what it is. Stop acting like you're special and that everything you do is different. Anyways, um. Should we take this guy's birthday question? Oh, sure. What is it? Let's see it. From Texas Arizo. Today is my birthday. Happy birthday, buddy. I was hoping you guys could answer a question I've always had. What advice would you give to someone hoping to work for CBS or 24-7 one day? So they want to know how they could take our job. Okay. Um, so like having been on hiring things, uh, having some kind of diverse skill set is useful. So if you are somebody who knows how to edit videos and edit podcasts, uh, and I'm looking to hire somebody on news desk, what I'm really looking for is uh, enough knowledge about the sport to where when I edit your stuff, if I was running news desk, I don't need to like find major screw ups about just fundamentals of the sport that you're writing about speed willingness to grind it's actually is hard to work from home and stay on task all the Mm -hmm. time but like you know sometimes you're writing 17 20 articles a day if you're if you're aggregating and at most of these companies if you're coming in green your foot in the door is going to be aggregation the way you move up once you get in is having that diverse skill set if you played i think that helps i don't think that's totally necessary uh and then i think the ability to do analysis uh, is also increasingly important as schools control more of the narrative game and make players less available. I think that might be going back a little bit with NIL. Um, but like I, I used to tell my guys when I was running um, SB Nation, like, hey, don't just be quote collectors, especially if you're at one of these schools where it's just a, a short media scrum. Everybody's going to have the same quotes. It's hard to spin that creatively. Like understand what you're what you're looking at, being able to figure out like the intonation of the quote being given so you can read into it further and, and create content uh, from there. I would also say just work your ass off. Yeah. Like it's because, a grind. Yeah. Because like, that's the one thing I've noticed too, just being, I've never been really on the hiring side, but just there are a lot of people that want the job. And there are a lot of people who frankly can do the job. And the one thing that is really going to separate you from a lot of them is, are you willing to do the work and work a lot? Because especially, like you said, when you're first getting in, if you're doing aggregation and you're writing like between 15 and 20 stories a day, that is a grind. Then you are going to be exhausted at the end of the day because writing, you know, it's it's not a physical exercise, but it is a tiring exercise having to do everything you have to do and then come up with the thoughts and then structuring it and putting it out and doing it in a timely fashion because when it's breaking news, like your news desk is going to want it quick. Like they don't really, you can't, you can't really waste time trying to come up with your angle right away. Like you can go back and add it in early, but you have to have it ready. You have to have it pumped out so they can get it out there and then get, you know, for people to read it. So you have to be able to put in the work. You have to be willing to put in the work and also be ready to work some odd times, man. Cause your friend might be working nine to five 
Monday through Friday and then have the weekends off, you are not going to have that luxury. Like you are going to be working holidays. You are going to be working weekends. You are going to be working late nights, early mornings, everything. So your social life is going to suffer a little bit in the beginning too. So you need to be prepared for that and you need to be willing to accept it. And if you're willing to accept all that and you're willing to put in the work, then hopefully you get lucky and you get in (laughs) because you're going to need luck too. It's a funnel for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, the thing about the weekends is so spot on. Like it really is uh, like, you know, you're going to work every single weekend in, during the season, mm-hmm. like, almost certainly. Um, and then like, I, when I got hired over here, I told him, I said, look, I want my off season weekends unless I'm traveling. Like for like, I'll, I'll still do the recruiting camps. I'll still do, you know, the target trips and whatnot. But like I, and obviously I'm going to work every single you know weekend during the season, but the weekends I'm not traveling in the off season. I'm not working. Like even Chip and I, we've been at the company forever now. We've kind of risen to, like when we started, we were aggregators, and we've risen up to a much higher like place than that. But Chip and I still have to work weekends once in a while. Like I said, I just had to work last weekend. Yeah. Like for college football, we have a rotation during the off season. There's like six of us, and we rotate. Like this weekend, you are responsible for everything. Anything that happens, it's on you. If you leave, if you can't leave the house, you have to stay home and be ready to write it. So, I think yeah, I'm it, doing. I think I'm doing eight weekends this year. Mm-hmm. for off-season weekends yep it's so. it's so it's like yeah it's like, oh and the pay is great you definitely like 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 the pay and it's great immediately yeah be prepared to be broke as hell for a while um but yeah no it's it's i i love it i have absolutely no complaints <laughs> i enjoy my job very much um next question gator aaron asks the death penalty hey guys i love the show Y'all definitely have the best college football podcast, even if Danny hates Florida. My question is, what would a college football program have to do that would be so egregious to earn something even remotely close to the death penalty? Ever since NIL came about in the last year or so, the pony excess doc seems extremely outdated. So with paying players being the norm, what would a college program do that the NCAA would consider shutting them down or extremely hampering them for the future? Does the NCAA even still have that type of power in today's game? I was thinking maybe a major sex scandal like Baylor could do it. But other than that, is there anything the NCAA could do to shut down or hinder a program drastically? Or is it almost free range at this point? Thanks again for the podcast. Keep up the great work. I feel like the thing that would get you like ejected is something like so fantastically wild that I don't really want to mention it on the air because I just don't know what it would be. It'd probably mm-hmm. get me suspended for even bringing it up. Like, the NCAA, I don't think it has that power. Remember the term too big to fail? Yes. I feel like a lot of these programs are just regarded as too big to fail now as far as like we're going to keep them afloat. Like we're not – there's too much invested in it. Yeah, I, I mean, I think like we, we've seen it like with Mark Emmert who one of the first things he did when he became NCAA president was he hit like Penn State with those, you know, penalties after the Jerry Sandusky stuff with the, the, the child abuse and child rape. And he had to rescind it because he really like you don't have that power. Like that's a criminal thing. Right. So the NCAA does not have the power to enforce criminal laws against the schools. Now, maybe law enforcement or the federal government or the local and state governments can do anything. But I don't I don't think there's anything really the NCAA can do at this point, because everything that the NCAA used to punish schools for is pretty much all legal now. So I don't know. You'll you'll see penalties and slaps on the wrist going forward. But I think we are done with the death penalty for a while and but i know you have to get going this is a special question i got it's not via five-star review it was via my twitter direct messages 
from Cliff for Heisman. Why is Bud so comically down on Sean Clifford? Well, uh, let's look into this. Why am I down on Sean Clifford? Um, is it comically down? I, I that's his words. I don't. Know. I've already recorded the summer school edition. Okay, so twenty-one to eight uh, touchdown interception ratio, um, and you had Jahan Dotson. I guess the O line had issues. Success rate throwing the ball forty-two percent. It's just. I'm not that down on him. He's just not. He's a Jag plus. Yes, exactly. He's a Jag plus. <laughs> right. Like I, the, the thing is, I want to buy Penn State futures in 2023 because I think maybe Drew Rowler, that dude. Um, I, I like This year, I think they're probably like an eight and 14. Most likely. Mm-hmm. Um, is Bud's beard sponsored by Just for Men? I feel a little salt and pepper would look great on him. No, I have salt and pepper in here. This is just the lighting. Trust me, I've got got plenty. It's uh, it's, I've it's got coming a lot in. of salt in mine. <laughs> All right, uh, that feels like a good place to end it. Us? Am I wrong on Sean Clifford? He is Jag no, plus. he's a Jag plus. I we like should Sean nil Clifford. with Sean Clifford and be like, get him to wear a Jag plus shirt. You think he'd do it? He's, oh God, he! I bet he would. He's a smart businessman. He's starting his own nil company. He's he he knows what's up. He's not an idiot. He's not planning to go to the NFL. He's like, I'm going to try to get out of this NIL stuff. Oh, man. What if he started like an NIL company aimed just at Jag Pluses and he and he sold them off as like a clearinghouse, like junk bonds? Maybe we should stop talking about this on the air and Coke, you should edit it. Maybe we should be running the Jag Plus kind of apparel line. Cover three podcasts for Jag Pluses. Everywhere. I think I'm going to make Jag Plus shirts. I think we should. Yes. All right. Yeah. All right. Uh, we are going to get busy. CBS will get right on, on that in 2028. <laughs> get busy working on our Jag Plus apparel. Uh, he's Bud Elliott. You can follow him at Bud Elliott on three on Twitter. I'm Tom Fredelli. You can follow me at Tom Fredelli. And you can also, again, Tweet free chip, hashtag free chip to everybody in power to get Chip out of prison. He didn't do it. He promises. And uh, we'll see you next week. Everybody enjoy your weekend. Now streaming on Paramount Plus. You ready, Bob? Well, all right. Audiences are raving. Bob Marley is electrifying. It's the feel-good movie of the year. You dig? Bob Marley, One Love. Rated PG-13. Now streaming on Paramount+. Plus.